How's it going? This is Ty, and this is episode 36 of the Fiction and Copy Decoded podcast. I realized making this episode made sense before we get into it because of how these blog posts played out where they were however many years ago when I wrote those down. I think it was like five. So in last week's episode, I talked about pizza and goals and how to get motivated and stick to it. But I didn't actually talk about how to set goals as much. So that's what I wanted to talk about in this episode, which was titled Pen's Paper in 2014, which was on January 3rd of 2014, but it's not 2014 anymore. Hasn't been for like five years, however many. So let's get into it. Uh, one thing I want to address that's a little strange to me, but I think probably has to be addressed as well, now that I think about it, is uh, why to make goals at all? I mean, why not keep things just the way they are? For a lot of people, and I know for, maybe for you too, and for me, I know this is true depending on what section of my life it is, people at large don't really have an answer to that. It's like, oh, well, I don't know why. A lot of people don't want to change just for the sake of change, but they also maybe feel a vague feeling discomfort in the pit of their gut when they think about aspects of their situation if they don't like those aspects but maybe they don't know what to do about it or had maybe never really thought about to lay out an official plan to do something about it, which is not to say that they haven't laid out a plan and failed, which is a separate issue, of course. But there's a deeper question about how to actually set goals that I think writers have a unique grasp of. And if you're in business and you deal with where you deal with people um, or people's problems, you have a unique grasp of it as well. Uh, when people do set goals, they do something called the SMART system, and it's like S-M-A-R-T. They all stand for certain aspects of the goal that you're thinking about setting and this and that. And I'm not supposed to go, well, not that I'm not supposed to, but I don't really want to go over that because that's a separate thing and that's not the purpose. I think of it as more of a, with goals, I think of it more as a characterization thing, but only instead of a fictional character you're writing about, or a prospect you're trying to get the attention of, the character is actually you in this case. So we just go over things like if you're trying to think about how to set the appropriate goals for you and what to do and things of that nature, you would say something like, okay, what motivates you? Uh, some people are motivated by money or time freedom or income freedom or respect or looking good or feeling good. And uh, that quickly dovetails into the second part of the list, which would be, why do these things motivate you? I think it's a rather unique thing because when people talk about things like motivation and things like that, it's like, well, I'd like to have money and this and that. But usually, <clears throat> excuse me, usually what happens is the fact that, okay, they'd like to have money or freedom or things like that. But they don't, well, some people do want those things for their own sake. They're like, it's nice to have money because people like to have money and we need money to live in this world. But a lot of people, without saying so, are looking beyond that to something else. But they don't say it unless you would ask them about it. So something akin to, okay, you want money? Well, why do you want money? It's like, well... I haven't taken a vacation from work in 10 years, for instance, and I'd like to get away, but I can't because I don't have 
any extra money after all the bills are paid. That that linking money and freedom together like that, that's the reason why. Even though some people started out by saying, oh, I'd like to have more money and more freedom with my time. It's usually linked to something else, a, a feeling of some type or an achievement of some type that doesn't have to do with the thing itself, that that thing is a means to whatever end they're visualizing without saying so. And that's for me too. and Maybe for you too. Okay, next would be, who would be touched by your life improvements, whatever improvements you'd rather make? Weight, fitness, or a general fitness thing, money, freedom, time, what have you. There's a lot more than that, but your goals are also going to depend on what you would like, which is why goals are unique. Okay, uh, who would benefit from your life improvement? Of course, if you're making them for you, you would be number one on the list of people who would benefit from that, uh, which is something for another day as far as you being the number one person on that list. If you got friends, family, or children who could get inspired by you or motivated, then that would also help them indirectly. Especially if you have supportive friends, family, and children who want to help you along or like are generally inspired by you and generally want to encourage you, which we'll get to shortly. Talk about. Okay, then we want to talk about... I hesitate going into detail about this because... There's so many different ways people can go, but with how to achieve something. Uh, because there's no usually no one way to do something, simply because some methods haven't worked for some people that work for other people, and some methods people just aren't interested in doing. For, let's say, if you wanted to make more money, one solution is to, for instance, if it's the appropriate season, Volunteer in t- or not? Well, volunteer you would get paid, but get paid to mow people's lawns on the weekend. If you live in a small town, and not a lot of people like to do that. But if that doesn't appeal to you, and or you don't have the equipment or aren't able to get things done up properly because of one reason or other, then that means that that particular goal won't appeal to you. Or may not appeal to you because of the even because of those uh, details. Even though in the end you would still end up with extra money you didn't have. Some people just don't like certain methods because they don't really like it. It would be the same with shoveling snow, raking leaves. I mean, it doesn't have to be manual labor. It's just that something that you like to do. <laughs> sometimes as simple as finding something you like to do that other people hate to do. And they want to delegate it to somebody but because they know they need to do it, but they can't do it themselves because they're not good at it or they just don't like it. That's another way to think about it. But that's for like entrepreneurship and like money type of things, not necessarily like weight loss. Uh, weight loss and exercise is another thing where people do different things because they either don't like something or it doesn't really work for them. Some people run on treadmills in a gym. Other people don't like that. So they need to do something else because if they don't like it, they won't do it. And then they won't reach their goal, whatever goal they set for themselves. (laughs) Really, it's strange that way to an extent. Okay, number five on this list, if I can count, I think it's number five. Anyway, is when will you achieve the goal? 
Uh, I think this is better for goals that don't have to do with writings or or sort of continuous process because writing is ongoing. If you write or if you're in a business where you have to write or writing is part of your other business that you've married with something else, like a service or something that isn't writing, it can be an ongoing thing because you always have to do it. And in a sense, it's the goal of writing will never be fully achieved because it's like, okay, I wrote something today, but tomorrow I may have to write something else. So it's, it's an ongoing thing unless you have a deadline, but I mean, we can still take a shot at it. You could say some of these goals would be quantity based, such as something like, uh, you'll send out two manuscripts a month to online magazines or contact five businesses a week to see if they would need uh, writing help or video editing help or some other service you provide um, or to write 5,000 words a week, for instance. Uh, but this needs to fit you in a way that you can handle without being overwhelmed. It's a balancing act between being overwhelmed because you it's too much and being underwhelmed or unchallenged because you said something that was too small and it won't move you along at a pace that it will help you level up, so to speak. Okay, because this point is unique to you. And if you have a radical goal in the sense that it's very different, you want to be in a very different spot when the goal is achieved from when you are now, it might require getting out of your comfort zone a little bit or maybe more than a little bit. And it could be crazy for a while because you'll have to try certain things that you never did in ways that you've never done them which is interesting. Also, the when is also uh, connected to if this is based on a quantity goal, how much of that particular quantity you've set out for yourself and how much of that quantity you can do in a span of time. Say, uh, let's say I tell several people the certain advice about writing, which would be to write with a timer. It sounds terribly simplistic, and I should probably talk a little bit more about it in some other episode, but that's really all it is. It's a great tool for productivity, strangely enough, and a lot of people come up with a lot of different names for it, but essentially it's you set a timer, sit down in front of something with a subject to write about or to think about, and then write or think about it until the timer's up. Now, that would be your smallest unit in that sense. So somebody who writes, somebody can write 500 words in 20 minutes, they'll be writing 1,500 words an hour. But that's consistent. It all depends on how many 20-minute blocks you can schedule in a day or a week, depending on how much you'll get done. And then you'd have to go back and check it over unless you can just hand it off to somebody. If you're in a point in your business where you can just hand it off to somebody and you can just go create some more like in the writer's cave or what have you. You would have to go back and edit it yourself. But depending on what your output is over a certain amount of time, multiplied by how many of those blocks you can schedule, is how realistic your goals are or not, depending on what that output would look like. So if somebody can write 500 words in 30 minutes, in one hour, that's 1,000 words. So after five hours, writing those 5,000 words a week, it's done. 
But if somebody writes half that, it's going to take twice as long. That's not necessarily a bad thing, but that has to be measured against what the goal is based on your output. Maybe somebody who writes 250 words in 20 minutes, is that not a bad is that a bad thing? No. It's just that if they're writing them, setting themselves a goal to write 5,000 words per week, it's going to take more until they get more practice and learn how to kind of get their creative brain to think on their feet, so to speak, to think on its creative brain feet, and to produce more and more easily, which is, of course, a subject for another post and probably another episode. But this all factors into the when of it by trying to take your smallest input and extending it over the duration of your goal to see if it's realistic or not so that you can either increase your output or slightly decrease the goal or break it up into more pieces so that it's more manageable. And finally, well, kind of finally, uh, to write down goals or resolutions, that's important too, but it's also important, and this is something that I have failed at in the past and need to work on too, of course, is to stick them in a place where you can see them every day mirror, wall, your office, what have you, where you can see them every day and where you know that you will look at them every day. Because sometimes, if you're used to seeing something in a certain place, I don't know what the psychological phenomenon is, but it's kind of becomes invisible after a while or it's not noticed anymore. So you may have to kind of move it around. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it also helps to tell people which I'm bad at because it's scary when you attach numbers to stuff or timelines. But it, but it can help with re- responsibility and things like that. Well, did you do this? Did you do this? Did you do that? It's like, well, no. Well, it's like, okay, what are we going to do to try to help with that? It's, it's an accountability thing, and it's a strange phenomenon in itself. Some people are going to congratulate you and encourage you and you want to listen to them as long as they give you good advice. They give you a flack for it, you know, just kind of ignore that. And keep things positive, which is can be hard in today's world, which includes the things you tell yourself and how you react to things that people tell you what others say. It's coming from a place where they want to help you. Sometimes they'll tell you negative stuff because it's something that you need to change. Or that they think you need to change because it'll make you a better person. And criticism hurts, good or bad. I'm not going to skirt around that issue, so to speak, because it it does hurt sometimes. But if it's intended to make you stronger, it's my opinion you should take it. And sometimes it's hard at first. I won't uh, pretend it's not, because it is. But the way I also like to think about it is that regret packs a bigger punch than criticism ever will. Because with regret, a lot of times, it's in the past. And depending on your circumstances now versus your circumstances then, there would be little to nothing you can do about it. That's, of course, another post. And also another episode. Uh, That's kind of it. I will say that for... Tonight is the weekly D&D session. I know I don't really talk about that a lot on here. I don't believe I have except for one episode a long time ago about how I floundered doing characterization. 
But usually I do a write-up on that, and it should be interesting, especially because it usually gives me one or more business lessons, and we, if plans go right, are also going to be taking on somebody who's never played D&D before. So that should be quite interesting. All right. Bye-bye. That'll be the end of this episode. I appreciate you guys hanging out. To learn more about the blog this podcast is connected to, you can visit it at fictionandcopydecoded.wordpress.com. You can learn about me there. You can also learn about me at my copywriting samples website, which is timealcopywriting.yolasite.com. Yolasite is one word. It's Y-O-L-A-S-I-T-E.com. And you can also support this podcast. Number one way to do that is by commenting, sharing, and subscribing to it wherever you listen to it, whether that's on Google Play, iTunes, or some other platform. You can also become a monthly contributor if you'd like to do that. For 99 cents a month, you'll get my thanks, which would be totally awesome, especially since I'm planning to do that in each episode where I have monthly contributors. For the next level, I think it's $4.99 a month. I'll give you part of the description of the show for your business or whatever else you're looking to promote. Go to if you have a service business or product business or what have you like that. And for $9.99, I'll plan to give you like a 30 to second to one minute ad in the show itself. So I'll need to learn about your business and who you serve and all kinds of neat stuff, but I'm cool with that if you are. So if you've got a business to promote, that's awesome. Anyway, you can get in touch with me on that if you'd like. Otherwise, we will catch you guys next time. Bye-bye.